Hello and hola everyone. Welcome back to Figuring It Out, the podcast. The podcast where I talk about everything I know and everything I don't know. (laughs) This week, I actually have a really, really special episode that I'm super excited about. It's my second solo episode, as you all know. But don't worry, next week I will be back with a guest. But I did want to do a solo episode for this one because actually my 25th birthday is coming up. And for this week, I wanted to talk about the 25 things I have learned by 25. I've heard a joke before that whatever age you are, you learn one thing. (laughs) And I don't know how true that is. I feel like I learn a lot more and more each year, but... Maybe there's some truth to that, that you really have one key takeaway from each year of your life. And I wanted to share some of what I've learned with you all. And hopefully, whatever stage of your life you are at, you find some pockets of wisdom. Maybe there's something that really speaks to you or some perspective that is brought to you that my life experiences can save you the time, effort, and energy for you to learn on your own. And you could be like, oh, cool. Alberto learned this. And now he's telling me, and now I don't have to go through whatever he went through to (laughs) learn this one. Uh, So let's jump right into it. There's 25 lessons. So there's going to be some I really sit on and talk about a little bit, and then some I kind of just quickly glance over just for the sake of timing. The first life lesson that I have is actually one that came to me recently from my friend Celeste, who was on the podcast, and it says, don't spend time dwelling on something that will be resolved in the future in an instant. And that's something we always talk about just in life, like don't worry about the future, focus on the now, don't worry about the future, focus on the now. But this was really specific to me because in a recent point in my life, there was something where I felt really, really, really compelled to do something. And I didn't really understand why. And she had explained to me that this whole concept she read in a book, which was sometimes you're really compelled to do something. And logically, it doesn't make sense. And you're not really sure why you're compelled to do it, like whether it's quit your job or ask your boss for a raise or move to a new city because you're like, why would I move to the city? I don't have friends there. Or why would I ask for a raise? I've been doing the same job. I, I, I don't know. Or why would I quit my job and travel the world? She said, sometimes you are compelled to do something. And there's not really, it doesn't make sense in that moment, but in the future, it will make sense when you look back on it. And so don't spend hours and hours trying to figure out why am I compelled to do this? What is the saying? Like, why do I feel this strong, strong urge? Because we all get those strong urges that make no sense. And you think they're impulses, but you give them a couple of sleeps and they don't go away. She was essentially saying in an instant in the future, in half a second, you'll know exactly why you had that urge and exactly why you had that impulse. And that is something that has really reframed how she only told me this like two weeks ago and that has really reframed so much of the way I think and I wanted to share that with everyone because everyone I've told that perspective since has really been blown away by it so lesson number two is say yes and figure out the rest later and I actually learned this when I moved to the city I didn't have a job I had no prospective jobs I had very few friends that lived in the city And I came to the apartment. My lease was month to month. It was so, 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 so affordable for the area 
that I literally thought I'm an idiot if I don't take this apartment. Did I have a job? No. Did I know what I was doing? No. Did I know a job would come to me five months later? No, I didn't. But I just said, you know what? I'm going to say yes and I'll figure out the rest later. And ultimately, it ended up being the best decision of my life because three months later, I got a personal assistant job while I was also working at a restaurant here in the city. And at that restaurant, I made some really amazing friends that I still keep in contact with. And then from that personal assistant job, I actually was in a really good spot when I applied to the job I have now. And none of that would have happened if I didn't just take this apartment, move to the city without a really, I didn't have any kind of plan when I moved here, except I was going to apply for jobs at restaurants. And that's all I knew. But say yes and figure out the rest later. If you feel stuck and an opportunity comes your way, kind of tying to the last point, and you're so compelled to do something, but you don't really understand why, say yes and you'll figure out the rest later. Okay, so life lesson number three is a $5 coffee will not make or break your bank account. And a lot of you probably know this, but I am someone who for a long time really stressed about money and I would spend $5 on a coffee and think about it, $20 on a t-shirt and think about it. And I couldn't get out of these mental spirals I would send myself on related to money. And I started to reframe it and just say, you know what? I will never let myself run out of money. I know if I get a $5 coffee every day for the rest of my life, yeah, that's going to add up. But I would it would get to a point where my frugalness was getting in the way of just me enjoying life. And I really just started to reframe, you know what? I haven't treated myself to lunch in a little bit. And yeah, lunch in New York is expensive. But at the end of my life, I don't think I'll be haggling over, oh, man, I wish I didn't spend $30 on that Thai lunch on September 24th, 2023. I I don't think that's going to cross my mind. Life lesson number four, the most important things in your life are your relationships. And I feel like many people already know this, but I don't know that many people really understand the importance of having good friends, having strong relationships with family members. Because at the end of the day, you can lose your job, you could get evicted from your apartment, or you could get evicted from your house. I don't pay in mortgage. I don't know if you can get evicted from your house or like your house goes in foreclosure. That's what happens. (laughs) Your house could go under foreclosure and you're going to lose people in your life and you're going to go through really hard times, whether it's dealing with grief or hitting hard financial times you need a support system in those moments. And I know a lot of people, I had a friend recently say to me, she's only recently learned to lean on other people. And I'm someone who my support system means so much to me. And I've seen, especially in this last year, how they rally behind me in really hard times and are there for me in hard times. And that's what life is about. Because guess what? If you die tomorrow, we've all seen the TikTok trend where it says, If you die tomorrow, your company will repost that position in two weeks. Your friends, your family, they're going to be wrecks for months. And that's what's most important. So now life lesson number five is if no one can go with you, go alone. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. I talked about it in the Benefits of Being Single episode. I also talked about it in Cultivating Self-Love. A lot of people are uncomfortable with the idea of being seen out in public alone for some reason. I've gone to concerts alone. I've done solo travel. And those 
have been such amazing moments in my life because it's forced me to be the most outgoing version of myself, the most, it's forced me to get rid of my ego and get over the fact that I'm out in a public setting where most people are probably with someone and I'm alone. And you really do, you have to grow into like a very comfortable skin of yourself. And I had a friend recently who asked me to go to a concert and I said, I really can't go, but you should go because you really love the artist. And he said, well, I'm not going to go alone. And I thought, what, would you rather not go at all? This is an artist you love. They're probably not going to go on tour for another two or three years. And because I can't go with you and no one can go with you, you're just simply not going to go. To me, I promise you, if you go to a concert alone, you will probably make a friend there. Or if you do a solo trip, I can assure you, because I have friends from my solo trip to Spain and from my solo trip to Colombia that I still keep in contact with. I actually was just talking to one of them on the phone yesterday. I can assure you that you'll have a great time. Number six, and this is one I think I am still learning, but I've definitely made progress with in the last year, is that a cookie is not going to destroy your body. I can recall times eating a cookie or a slice of pizza or a slice of cake, birthday party, or going on like a weekend bender and feeling like disgusted with myself that I allowed myself to have a slice of pizza or Taco Bell or whatever it may be. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like the money thing, right? On your deathbed, I don't think you're going to be thinking like, damn, I shouldn't have had Taco Bell on September 24th, 2023 after that night out at the bar. That's not that's not going to happen. You should want to take care of yourself, but treating yourself to one sweet, one bad food is not going to destroy your body. Number seven, if you fake the confidence, real confidence will come naturally. And I learned this a lot of times with work or career stuff. I was always the youngest person in the room. So a lot of times I felt really small. I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Sometimes I still do. And honestly, if you just fake the confidence, if you put on this persona that you're really confident, people will recognize that and you'll get recognition and you'll get more opportunities and people will want to associate themselves with you, whether it's in friendships or relationships or career-wise, if, you, if you'll get more opportunities, those things will build your confidence in inadvertently faking confidence. So when you fake confidence and you get more opportunities and you get more things going your way, inadvertently, the real confidence kinds of kicks in and you're like, oh, wow, this works. Putting on this persona is doing good things for me. And the fact that I, I have a friend whose sibling is applying for college, the fact that I got into this college that I did not think I was going to get into gives me confidence because it means, wow, I'm actually smarter or I have more to offer than I thought I did. And that is inadvertently like, it's kind of like a a paradox. If you fake the confidence, it's just going to come naturally. And I actually took a course recently and was like, imagine the most confident person in the office or someone who's super confident going up to someone in a bar and just giving them their number. Pretend to be that person. Just pretend. You can disassociate yourself and be like, this is not me. I'm playing in character, but just be that person. And then the natural, real confidence will follow. The next lesson is that self-awareness is a superpower. I will tell you, there is nothing more frustrating than having a friendship or a relationship with someone who is not self-aware. 
and you have to sit across from them and listen to them talk. And you know that they don't understand why they're acting the way they do, but you fully understand self-awareness is the biggest superpower and it does the most for you and your own personal growth and journey as a human being. And having that self-awareness helps you build strong, healthy, and happy relationships. It helps you understand maybe why you act out in certain ways. It helps you understand what you bring to the table and maybe what your weaknesses are. And when you understand your weaknesses, you're able to build and grow on them. It helps you understand how people perceive you with people with different personality types and how you can build better relationships with people who maybe you got on the wrong foot with. Self-awareness is a superpower. And I will tell you that I feel like I have developed my self-awareness by journaling and also just going to therapy and talking about whatever I'm going through or talking what I'm experiencing out with someone. Because sometimes I find that I explain to someone why they act the way they did. And I can give an example. I had someone tell me that they really just never want to be with someone again, like be in a relationship again. And it was essentially because they had been in a seven-year relationship and gotten cheated on and they really thought this person was their person. He said, yeah, I just realized like, I don't want to be in like a serious relationship again. Like, I just don't think it's for me. It's not my ideal. And I said, well, can I take a stab? And he goes, go for it. And I said, I think that it probably hurt so much that you were cheated on by this person that you loved and cared about. So as a result, you only allow yourself to get so close to people before you pull. And I think that because of that, and you don't allow yourself to be fully vulnerable with people or allow yourself to get fully close, it's easier to say, well, I don't want that because I don't need it. But you're really only allowing yourself to get so close to people because you don't want to get hurt again. And it was my first time meeting this person. And he goes, yeah, that's actually exactly it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this you've been saying this for how many years now? And in two minutes, I was like, in 30 seconds, I was like, this is why you're doing it. And you were like, yeah, that that's actually exactly correct. So the next life lesson is most of the time, if you treat people well, they'll treat you well. And I've learned it's actually a big red flag for me when people are like, oh, everyone's out to get me. Everyone's out to get you. You can't trust people. Because to me, at least in my experiences, 99% of the time, if I'm good to someone, I treat them well and I have their back, they recognize that and they reciprocate that going forward. Life lesson number 10, don't make someone a priority who's treating you as an option. And this one actually came to me from my cousin. In all of my dating escapades, she said to me, you need to stop making this person a priority when you're clearly just an option for them. And that's harsh. And it's hard to hear, but it's true. If someone's treating you as an option, why are you prioritizing them? You know, someone else will prioritize you. And this also relates to friendships. I've made friends priorities who, at the end of the day, they were not making me a priority or they were not valuing our friendship in the same way that I was valuing it. So I've had to learn that whatever someone is putting into the relationship, I'm going to match. And if I feel I'm putting in a lot more than they are, then I am probably going to dial back how much I am giving them. 
because ultimately you don't deserve to be putting more effort into whatever it is with someone than they are. And this next point, which is number 11, is actually tied to that. And it's stop prioritizing other people and prioritize yourself. And this is something I think I've honed in on recently. And I've talked about my experience as a people pleaser and letting go of those learned tendencies of people pleasing and putting other people before me. And I've learned it's okay to set boundaries. And it's okay that if a, and I'm going to use the term second circle, second circle friend, so a friend who I am not super close to is hosting something and I'm just exhausted from work or I'm just having a bad day because of something that's going on in my personal life. I'm not a bad friend for saying, hey, you know what? I can't make it tonight, but I'll make it up to you another time and needing to stay in or having a me day. Even with relationships, like it's okay to need a night with your book and your journal and your candle and to just be away from your partner for a night. Or it's okay to need two or three nights and a weekend away with your friends where you're not texting your partner constantly as long as you're showing up for them in other ways throughout the relationship, it's okay to have these certain boundaries in place, you know, within reason, you know, don't make, make sure you're not taking relationships and people for granted. Um, because that's definitely certain, certainly something I experienced where people were telling me something was a boundary, but it was actually just disrespectful. And again, self-awareness is a superpower. If you are self-aware of like what you need and how the people around you are responding to that, if you're prioritizing yourself, you're able to show up better for the people around you. And that's actually something I've learned. Like I am in putting myself first, I'm excited to be there for my friends when they need me. And I'm excited to have them lean on me for support. And I'm excited and happy to be there for them because I can prioritize myself and fill my cup. And it allows me to be the best Albert for everyone in my life. So number 12 I'm laughing reading this because last night I was actually with my friends and they're like, oh, you're not a big drinker at all. And it was a friend who met me within the last year. And I thought, oh, if you could see 18, 19, 20, 21, Albert, you would be saying a very different thing. It's (laughs) I can't even get through it. It's much more fun to enjoy the moment than get wasted and plastered every weekend. This was something I, in college, I can hear my college friends listening to this laughing because in college, I was that person. Like, you know, that person who like runs away from everyone. No, I never ran away. But you know, that person who like always was pounding back shots and then like their song came on and they were the most obnoxious person in the room. And then they went home and like probably threw up in a garbage can and passed out on the floor without a shirt on, or they woke up next to a pile of their own vomit or someone had to put them in. These are all things that have happened, by the way, to me. Uh, someone had to put me in a shower so I could puke in a garbage can. Going out with a group of friends and then waking up in a friend who I didn't even go out with that night's house, which is so funny because I'm so not that person anymore. But in college, I was that guy. Like I was that friend where everyone was like, oh, here he goes. I've learned that It's that's like not fun. It's really sometimes every now and then it gives you a good couple of stories where you look back and you're like, what, what was that? But it's really not fun. I remember once I started realizing this, I was probably it was I was 
maybe 22 ish. I started to realize this, you know, after I had thrown up in enough showers, <laughs> I realized I would so much rather go out with my friends, enjoy the fact that I'm with my friends after a long week, than just get plastered where I'm like numbing myself that I can't even acknowledge that I'm with my friends and then waking up and sometimes not even remembering what happened or what we did. That is so not enjoyable for me anymore. It had its season. It had its era. Uh, (laughs) But truthfully, like I, I'm so far removed from that. I would so much rather like if we are going out, have a drink or two, enjoy the songs that are on, enjoying being with my friends, have great conversation I would so much rather that than go back to, again, waking up next to a pile of my own vomit. But, you know, it had its season. Okay, this next one's a little bit serious, and it's number 13, and it is check in on your friends and family because they can be gone in an instant. And this is something I always, always, always say to people because I have had people disappear from my life uh, pretty unexpectedly. Or I've had people who, I've had a lot of friends who have almost disappeared from my life unexpectedly, and it's a really scary thing. And in those moments, I've always thought, ah, I wish I called one more time. Oh, I wish. And, you know, enough, whatever you're doing to be there for them is enough. It is, 1,000%. But also, I feel like in prioritizing my relationships with my friends, my family, just checking in, like just, hey, what's new? What's good? It Again, going back to my point about why relationships are the most important thing in your life, having those connections and just getting to speak with people who maybe you haven't spoken with in a long time or just do, doing your standard check-ins to hear how life is going, it, it grounds you. And it reminds you again why it's, these things are so important. And I can promise you if any of these people ever disappeared unexpectedly from your life, you would be like, I didn't even think to have a proper catch up with them because they were so busy with work or moving to a new apartment or starting this new side project that I forgot about, you know, just calling and checking in and making sure my relationships are good. And this point is not contradictory to what I said about prioritizing yourself. This is just saying, hey, Make sure, prioritize yourself, yes, but make sure you're still checking in on like the people that mean the most to you because they could disappear. Rule number 14 is enjoy every season of your life as it comes. And I did talk about this in a little bit in the benefits of being single episode, but right now as a single person, I'm like, there's benefits to this. There are things that are going to go away. My friendships where we are all single, this is probably the only time they will look like this. This is probably the only time in my life where if I wanted to get on a flight right this second, I only have to tell like my mom and just so she knows where I am. (laughs) This is the only time in my life I have full liberation and freedom. Yes, eventually down the line, I'd like to have a partner, but that has its own season. And I want to make sure I'm fully enjoying my single season because it's fun to go to a bar and have the guys look at you and approach you and like, maybe you go home with one of them or two of them. And like, maybe you you have the one you talk to at the bar and you, you do your thing at the bar. And then you have the one where you're like, actually, I'm going home with him. Like there's a season for that. There's no need to rush into a relationship. In the same way, there's a season to be drinking jungle juice out of a tub in a frat basement and then puking in a shower 
that season I can say I fully enjoyed and do not need to return to at all. And if you're waiting and looking for a career or you're still starting out in your career and you're struggling, there's like weird moments of joy in that as well. I mean, I remember I worked, I mean, I guess I'm still coming up in my career, but I remember I was working three to four odd jobs, getting up at five in the morning for PA jobs. I remember I would, oh my gosh, I was a personal assistant and I would wait tables. So it would literally, my schedule every day was wake up, go to the gym, go be a personal assistant, run home, scarf down food, change to go wait tables at this restaurant, work till 12 in the morning, come home and do it all. That was my life for six days a week. And in a way it did suck. But looking back on it, I'm kind of like, yeah, don't want to go back to that ever again. But it makes me appreciate my steady hybrid job so much more than than going through that all over again. I did it. It had its season. Now I'm in my entering the career phase, (laughs) nine to five nine to five lifestyle of my life okay number 15 is this one's actually also a little deep never let someone walk away from a conversation without letting them know what they mean to you now okay you do not need every time you see someone to tell them every single little thing that they mean to you because that also gets to be like all right dude like (laughs) come on (laughs) but i've learned that in having people that can be taken away in an instant you never want people to walk away from a conversation and not know what they mean to you. And I feel like lately I'm more conscious and I do it sober. I don't wait till I'm had a couple drinks. I will literally do it sober and I'll say it's uncomfortable because vulnerability sometimes is uncomfortable. It's okay. I remember recently I was out with a friend and we were on a roof deck and it was just a beautiful day. And I turned and I said, Hey, this is going to be a little uncomfortable and it's just a little weird because it is out of nowhere and it's a very vulnerable thing to say. And I just want to warn you for that, but I want you to know, I really do appreciate our friendship and having you as a friend and having you listen to me when I'm going through something. And I love being there for you when you need me to be there for you. And he was so appreciative of that because we move through life and we really don't know what we mean to the people around us. We know they love us. We know that they trust us and we have good relations with them. We know these things deep down, but it's just nice sometimes to hear it. And even just to know that some piece of advice that you gave me has stuck with me all these years. That usually goes so far for people and means the world to them. And I realized recently, I actually realized this with my parents recently, my mom and dad were taking me to a show for my birthday coming up and the tickets were expensive. And I said, mom, you're not paying for this. Mom, you're not paying for this. I refuse to let you pay for this. And she goes, shut up and take my card. Shut up and take your car- my card. Shut up and take my card. And I was like, no. And we went back and forth and eventually, you know, they did end up paying for it. And I realized what her and I were saying, we knew deep down like what the other person was saying, but really it was this whole idea of the tickets were expensive. And I think growing up, I took a lot of what my parents gave me for granted. And I think I did act like a brat sometimes growing up. And I didn't, yes, I didn't want my parents putting out that money for tickets for my birthday, of course. But really what I was saying is 
I am so grateful for this. And I don't want you to think I take it for granted because in the past I have. And in my mom being like, shut up and take my card is her way of saying, you deserve this. And I know you don't take it for granted. And I love you so much that I don't care what the price tag is. If it makes you happy and this is part of your birthday celebration, I want to do it. My mom does say those things to me, you know, whether she writes it in a birthday card or she just says it here and there. But I'm trying to now expand that to do that with my friends and my siblings and my cousins. And if I'm dating someone, even if it's not a serious relationship, just saying, hey, you know, those that month and a half we were seeing each other, I actually learned this from you and it's actually stuck with me. So thank you. And people, it really means the world to people to know that they've had an effect on someone else. Number 16. This is another one that it's a bit recent, but I have learned that someone can be, and this is specific to dating. Someone can be a really, 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 really amazing person but not a good partner. And it has nothing to do with you, but people just show up differently in relationships than how they show up to the external world. And it doesn't make them a bad person, but some people just are not capable of giving themselves to a relationship, but it doesn't mean they're a bad person because they can be super generous and they can be super thoughtful and they could they could challenge you in really great ways and want the best for you, but they could not be a good partner in the sense of not showing up for you, not making you feel fully valued. They can, and it, again, it has nothing to do with you. Some people are just capable of giving different things. So there's always kind of who someone is in a relationship and who they are to the outside world. And yes, it can be a really lonely feeling when you are seeing someone be so amazing to the world and you know they're a good person and they are good to you. They're not bad to you, but as a partner and showing up properly in a relationship, they're not good. And that's a that was actually one of the hardest pills I think for me to swallow because I well transparency I was with someone who I know in my heart is such an amazing human but to be with was I'm gonna be honest a disaster like it was a disaster and it's it's confusing and it's lonely. It's a lonely feeling because you like you see how amazing they're being externally to the world, but you know like inside you're dying, like you're suffering because you're like you are this amazing person to ev- to the world. Why can't you be this amazing person and contribute that to this relationship? And that's and in, again, such a hard <laughs> Such a hard pill to swallow. There's probably people listening to this. They're like, I don't think that. Well, honey, I've lived it. So I am telling you. Okay, this next one. Number 17 is a little bit more optimistic. Failure doesn't exist. Everything is a lesson. And I was thinking this because my roommate and I were talking about things we failed at. And I thought, 
I don't think I've really failed. Have I not gotten things I wanted? Of course. Have I not gotten the job I wanted? Of course. Was there someone better than me that got things that I wanted? Yes, of course they did. Have I had relationships that didn't work out? Yeah, of course. Have I done side projects that at the end, they looked like a disaster? I remember, oh, I remember I did a film project and I had done, it was my colleague and I, we did all the planning and everything. We hired all the people. It looked like a disaster after and we felt so destroyed but i don't look at it as a failure everything is a lesson because after that project we learned okay you know what this is where we went wrong we're actually going to take another stab at this and we're going to go about it the right way we're going to hire the right people we're going to interview people we're going to put x amount of budget in we're going to reach out to local vendors we're going to be behind and in front of the camera to make sure everything is going the way we want. We're going to communicate with the editor and we're going to sit with him and let him know exactly what we want. And the project ended up getting into two film festivals, which I'm very proud of. But really, failure is just when you stay down. And I know that's such a cliche, like failures. Oh, it's only a failure if you stay down. Like that's something like your dad found on a bubblegum wrapper. But it's so true. I really don't look back at my life and think, that there's a ton I failed at. And I've made mistakes. I've made big, big mistakes. And there's definitely things that did not go out how I expected them to and certain things that if I could go back and fix, I don't really look at them as failures or regrets. They're just, they're just learning lessons. And you learn and you grow and you do better next time. And it's part of the character building, I think. And I think that that's where all the growth happens is from quote unquote failure. Number 18, life is too short to live up to other people's expectations, which comes back to prioritizing yourself. But I think this one is very self-explanatory. Too many people I know go into a career because it'll make their parents happy. Too many people I know stay in a relationship because everyone's pressuring them about getting married or everyone's pressuring them when are you going to have kids and they really don't want kids. Those people can shut the fuck up because at the end of the day, it's your fucking life. You have one life to live and this is the one on your deathbed. You will be like, I shouldn't have lived up to what all those people wanted me to be. And you know what? Make your own path and make all those people eat their freaking words Because very often the pressures people are putting on you is because of some limiting belief they have about themselves that they're now projecting onto you because they don't want you to fall into whatever they've fallen into. Number 19, don't ever leave a glue trap out for a mouse. And this is a very traumatic story associated with this one. But my roommate put out glue traps for a mouse And I said, hey, do we have a mouse? I don't know that it's smart to leave glue traps out. Maybe we should just put out like instant kill traps. And he goes, I don't think we have a mouse. I just put them out just in case. Well, lo and behold, a week later, a mouse is on the freaking glue trap. Just so you know, glue traps don't kill the mouse. Like it's alive on there. So lo and behold, of the three people that live in my apartment, guess who was the one that got stuck putting the mouse in a plastic bag and then dropping, oh my gosh, a window AC unit on it at 7.30 in the morning. Me. So life lesson, glue traps are a big no. They sell 
instant kill traps and they actually sell instant kill traps where you don't even have to see the mouse go in really you don't have to see the mouse's body the mouse just goes into this little hole and it dies and it's in like in this like little cave so you never even have to see the mouse those are the ones that i recommend number 20 your gut will never steer you wrong in this last year i've become super into energy and gut feelings and trusting energy and putting out good energy and high vibration and all this kind of woo woo stuff but listening to your gut will never steer you wrong. And I guess it goes back to what I said is sometimes you're so compelled to do something and you don't understand why. Your gut is a real sense. And it's one that your heart and your brain, like there's neurons. I think the number is like 10,000 neurons in your gut. And your gut is picking up on things that your heart and your brain cannot actually comprehend. So a lot of the times we'll talk ourselves out of something with logic or use feelings, but your gut like finding that balance of the the feelings and the logic and what you just feel in your bones, that is never going to steer you wrong because we're always like, damn, I should have, I just, I had this feeling, but I didn't listen to it. And it's because your body's picking up on things that you're not even aware of. And I know it sounds like kind of like, woo, your body's picking up on things you're not even aware of, but there's literal science to this. And I've listened to so many podcasts on this because I find it so fascinating. Okay, number 21, there's so much more to life than making a lot of money and having career success. And again, I feel like a lot of these lessons are intertwined. So maybe that's why they say you only learn one thing a year. (laughs) But I used to overextend myself at work. I remember I would do like six days of work and I didn't care if I got paid overtime and I didn't care as long as they saw I was working hard and I was making all this money or I was getting making a name for myself. I've just learned there's so much more to life than that. Because at the end of the day, like I said, if you die tomorrow, your company is going to find someone else. You know, I've been in situations where I was putting in all this extra work. And then when it came down to it, it wasn't ultimately valued. Or it, it didn't matter that I was giving a, a bu- up a bunch of my personal time and going the extra mile to be there for whoever I was working for at the time. It just put a lot into perspective for me that there's so much more to life than that. It's important to find something you like and that you care about, but there's just so much more to life. Number 22, and I'm going to move through these quickly because I know we're approaching the end of the episode. The way people speak to you is often an indicator of how they speak to themselves. And I said this to a friend recently who was having struggles with a person in their life who was being so unnecessarily rude and critical of them like going out of their way to text them that they were behaving like a child and going out of their way to say I hope you have a terrible birthday so ridiculous and immature first of all but I said because my friend was getting super worked up about it I said you know what this person took energy out of their day to put you down do you know how this person has to speak to themselves in private to have all of this negative energy built up that they have to go out of your way to make you feel how they feel all the time. You should feel bad for this person. This person is speaking to you this way, but you can block him and shut him up. He has to deal with himself every all day, every day, and he is speaking to himself this way all day, every day. So anytime I've felt pressure from someone or someone was nasty to me, people I'm close to, people I maybe have to work with, I've learned 
it says so much about the way they speak about themselves and their own securities and insecurities than it says about me or anything I am doing. Number 23, and this one is very self-explanatory, stop trying to be liked. I've always tried my whole life to be liked by the cool kids at school, which is a whole other era of my life that I want to forget. Or I tried way too hard to be liked by someone who I didn't even, someone I was dating who I didn't even want to be liked by, or someone I was just like hooking up with that I didn't want to be liked by, or a boss. And I actually had someone come into my life fairly recently who something I admire about him is that he does not try to be liked at all. He will tell you exactly what he's thinking, exactly how he's feeling. And yeah, sometimes it's really fucking rude, but I admire that he's not trying to be liked. Like He's like, this is how I am. Take it or leave it. And I think I've grown into my own version of that within the last couple years of this is how I am. Take it or leave it. You know exactly what you're going to get. Number 24, don't take things too seriously. And this is a very broad statement, but it's <laughs> it's something that actually a director said, says to me at my job all the time. And he's like, Alberto, we're not saving lives. And it's so true. Like, yes, career-wise, job, work, put in your best effort. Always try your best. But you're not saving lives. Are you a doctor? You're not saving a life. Are you a fireman? Guess what? You didn't put out a fire today. Don't take life too seriously. Like I said, the things that matter are the people you're with, who you're surrounded by, and how you show up for them and the love you give them each and every day. Those are really the things that at the end of the day, that's what matters. So whatever you're wearing to the office, if you spill coffee on yourself, laugh. Like literally, I had a coworker say to me recently, she's like, Alberto, sometimes all we can do is laugh. Like if you fuck something up, sometimes all you can do is laugh. So try and find the humor. And lastly, lesson 25, everything works out how it's supposed to. And I know people always say everything happens for a reason. And I think people try and take that to like a spiritual extent or like a religious extent, like God will take you. No. Okay. Like if that's, if that works for you, fine. It personally does not work for me because I do believe like I am responsible for myself. But with that, I know, well, if I'm putting out positive energy and if I'm staying true to who I am and what I believe, then yeah, everything does work out how it's supposed to. If I'm sticking true to my values and what I believe and what I want out of life and what I want out of a relationship and what I want out of my career and what kind of apartment I want to be at and where I want to live, everything is going to work out how it's supposed to because I'm going to find where I fit. I'm going to find the things that match me. I remember I did a job interview and the woman was so miserable. She was, I was trying to like come in with my positive, like happy go lucky energy. She was having none of it. And I remember sweating through the job interview because she made me feel like I was so stupid. And ultimately I'm glad I did not get that job. Why would I want to work with someone who makes me feel like I'm stupid? Like my job now, I just came in and I was me and I was honest and I owned all my flaws and I'm very aware of my flaws at my job. And I feel like it's actually helped me. Like my team loves me for my flaws. Well, maybe not. I'm sure they get annoyed, (laughs) but you will 
end up where you fit. You will end up with the person you're meant to be with if you're staying true to yourself and and putting out the energy into the world that you that is true to you. If you're putting out the energy that is true to you, you're going to end up in the career and in the job you're supposed to be in. You're going to end up with the friends you're supposed to have. You're going to end up in the city you're supposed to live in because when you are just so true and putting at, out that authentic you and that high vibration, which vibrations are a whole other thing that I could geek out on, everything is just going to work out how it's supposed to. So you are going to be more than fine, which is something I say to myself all the time. You will be more than fine. Everything is going to work out how it's supposed to. And you'll look back at times of your life where you were stressed about, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my rent? Oh my gosh, am I going to find someone? You will look back and be like, oh my gosh, if I just knew that two months later, oh, if I just knew that six months later, like it will all make sense in hindsight. Now, that's all I have for you this week. I don't know if those life lessons made any sense. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I'm like, I hope some of that resonated. A lot of them were sort of intertwined. But like I said, I mean, this is a podcast about everything I know and everything I don't know. I'm just like making this up and figuring it out as I go. So I will see you next week. And if there's any other Libras out there, I would also love to wish you a happy Libra season since, you know, I'm a little biased, but I do think Libras are the best type. But thank you for tuning in. I will see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so, 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 so much for tuning in this week. Please be sure to share with your friends, share with anyone who you think may enjoy this episode, and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review. Until next time, everyone.